Welcome to the Inside Envy podcast, where we bring you, the listener, inside Envy's walls to join us for conversations about cycling and a deep dive into the science and insight behind our brand, the people, and the products we create to deliver a better ride experience. Welcome, everyone, to the Inside Envy podcast. Today, we bring you a special episode with longtime Envy athlete, Cody Kelly. He's a local boy from Salt Lake City. He's been riding Envy since he was merely a teen and has done everything from downhill to now EWS racing. Uh, for this episode, we have an interview from being conducted by Ken Bloomer, aka Euro Daddy. He is our European brand director and... Uh, so he is live on scene over there in Europe, talking to our athletes and supporting them there. So without further ado, we take you across the pond to uh, learn more about Cody and his EWS goals. This is Ken Bloomer coming to you from Val di Fossa, Italy, once again for the fourth round of the EWS. Uh, today, I'm gonna speak to Cody Kelly probably the most stylish rider you'll ever see on a bike, or at least one of them. We're quite stoked to be working with him, and I'm sure you guys will be stoked on this podcast. So let's get into it. Cody Kelly, welcome. Thanks for taking time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Cool. So um, first time here in Valdifasa? Yeah, yeah. First time in the Dolomites. Um, the mountains are crazy. It's pretty rad. They're uh, unique for sure. Right on, right on. But you've you've raced a few times in Italy, so. Uh yeah yeah, I've been uh, in the Italian Alps and then Finale. So yeah, the last last year we had Latule and Finale on yeah. the schedule. Yeah. Two Italian rounds last year. Yeah. yeah, those are the only other two places I've been in Italy, but both rad spots. Nice. Do you how how do you like the riding in Europe? Uh, I mean, I personally struggle with it a little bit. I feel like just because it's so much different than the states. Like the states, everything's gone like tractor build super wide kind of flowy um but I, I yeah i like it a lot i actually have been talking to some buddies about maybe spending like a bit of time over here next year to kind of wrap my head around it a little bit better and you're talking like setting up a home base over here uh i mean i don't know about a home base maybe just like buying a van or something i got a right. van at home now so the van the van life is pretty good it's not too bad so maybe just get a van and like you know, we just did that round in Madeira like four or five weeks ago. Right. So maybe I'd just, you know, do that round next year because it seems to have a similar layout every year. And then I'll just uh, stay over here all the, all the way in between. Do you think it helps your racing if you are in a, like, say, in Europe in general over a longer period of time? Do you feel yourself progressing as you stay in, in a place like this? Oh, for sure. Especially when it's like your weaknesses, like, you know, like. When I go home, all I do is ride flow trails, and those are already my strengths. So, <clears throat> like, yeah, working on the weaknesses is always big. And I think there's also, like, a high level here, too, which helps, like, if you're riding with, like, a lot of people spend summers over here, like, especially, like, a lot of the Kiwis and Aussies. Um, you know, like, Eddie Masters is going real fast right now, and he spends his summer over here yeah. for the most part. So, yeah, you can link up with people like that, and, you know, riding at a higher pace always elevates your your pace so absolutely yeah. do, you, do you think that the it sounds to me like you're saying that there's obviously different riding skills required for riding in the u.s versus europe yeah do you also uh, feel like the fields are a little bit deeper over here it's more competitive uh yeah i mean i, I think that 
there's definitely more people at like the top level here especially in the sport of enduro well i guess in downhill too like the french are dominating right now but um yeah i don't know like they're just all like in enduro specifically like they're all very good at like what we typically race in europe like tight technical stuff um so then i think that stacks up the field quite a bit because you know from other parts of the world like you know australia new zealand states canada all that stuff like we don't really have this kind of stuff which some of the dudes still do really good um which to me is impressive because it's not easy to wrap your head around but yeah no the the fields are stacked but i think it's also you know like if you go to colorado and race like there's a lot of colorado kids that a lot of these europeans have never heard of that go real real fast there um that won't necessarily do that here and i think it's vice versa a little bit um but yeah i mean <clears throat> it's definitely it's definitely stacked like there's a lot of euros that go real good like yeah new yeah. names pop up every year it seems yeah it's true yeah, yeah. and i did i have i've met a, quite a few people that do put a base over here you know maybe it's not a home base but like you said the van life and yeah definitely it, it's been a common practice in other um segments of the sport as well like in road cycling and other uh ways people come over here to train because the the competition is more competitive it's deeper yeah, yeah. and there's there are different skill sets for sure yeah um the tracks particularly here in valde fossa how do you how do you rate them compared to other event venues you've done so far uh, i mean they're pretty sick like uh i don't know i think with ews racing last year like we kind of hit a uh maybe a point of extreme like extreme i don't know difficulty technicality all the things and like mega days and all this stuff and it's taken like a little bit of a step back this year and i've been stoked on it like it's been awesome i think personally like we're coming into race days uh healthier more well rested like ready to put our efforts down and you know do what we can right um where last year we were doing such big weekends that i don't know if that was necessarily the case so uh yeah no i and i guess that is like kind of an impact on the whole year not necessarily here but i guess um yeah where i was going with that is that the courses aren't as maybe technical as last time we were in italy like in latuil but uh i think it's like for the better honestly like they they were just a little bit overboard there in my opinion and um i think there's like a point where yeah like people can still go fast down really gnarly stuff but like i don't have like a switch that I can just flip and like risk my life doing that stuff. <laughs> so I like this kind of like, I mean, it's, trails are still gnarly here and like they're, they're technical for sure, but feel a bit safer than like some of the things we've done in the past in other places in Europe, which I'm stoked on. And yeah, I mean, we've got, I would say one stage, stage one is almost, uh, maybe it's like seven and a half ish, eight minutes, uh, maybe a little less, not sure. Um, and then the last stage is probably close to like 12 or 13 minutes. So it's good. So to pretty, have like pretty some... demanding stages. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, good. Always good to have long stages and short stages in every race. I think like, you know, you're kind of trying to find the most well-rounded bike rider. So if all the stages are short, it's like favoring, you know, someone else's skills right. compared to the rest. So this one's rad. Cause it's got a few short ones and like a few long ones all in one day too, which is sick. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the 
it's a good mix. Um, there's some pedally sections in there. There's some techie sections. I rode stage one and stage five. Demanding stages, like you said, they're long. Um, I think that fatigue, you know, dosing your efforts out there is going to be key. Not going full throttle through the whole stage. You'll be gassed. Oh, for sure. And, you know, not only that, while you're doing like stage one, you got to like kind of remember in the back of your head that stage five is still at the end of the day. <laughs> and it's the base. It's the biggest monster of the week of the day. So, yeah, yeah I, I uh, there's definitely going to be some trying to control your pace and kind of control your effort um, to save him some gas for later in the day. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a sick race. I'm stoked for it. Nice. Well, it sounds like you're pretty hungry. You got some direction you want to go. Let's rewind it a little bit and let's find out where you came from. Obviously, you have a very recognizable style on the bike. Um, I believe that comes from your BMX background. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking to you before, you were talking about the influence that your father had on your, your riding. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your upbringing in mountain biking or cycling? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't, you know, I, honestly, when I started racing BMX, I was almost too young to, like, even that being part of, like, my coherent life. Like, I don't really remember too much of it at that young of an age, but I started racing when I was, like, five. Um, and I raced for, like, six months. And at the time, my dad rode mountain bikes with all of his buddies and everything. I didn't ride mountain bikes, but he, like, was super passionate about cycling in general, uh, mostly mountain biking. but. uh yeah, that's like how I got turned on to BMX. My dad found it and he's like, oh, sweet. This is like a rad family sport. Like, so, cause it's such awesome spectating. Like you're right there. My mom could watch the entire, whatever, 30 to 40 seconds of track. Um, and I raced for six months and my dad started racing cause he's too, too much of a competitor not to. Um, and then, yeah, so he started racing with me and we did that for oh man almost 12 years i think like super seriously uh yeah because i kind of faded out of it at 16 so almost a full 12 years um and yeah <clears throat> i pushed that to like kind of the highest level you could as an amateur like um you know there was people doing more um but it was mostly on our end like fi from a financial standpoint like we did what we could uh or my parents did what they could which was awesome but you know we i raced worlds one time um representing the u.s uh just up in canada but uh did like the national circuit for a lot of years and um you know then eventually ended up on the like i'm not sure they call this like the junior devo camp um but it was basically like you had to be 19 to compete in the olympics in bmx um still have to be um and they had this program through the U.S. Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista where they allowed us junior Devo athletes or junior Olympic athletes, whatever you want to call them, um, to go and ride the track, get coached by the U.S. coaches, the, like the U.S. Olympic coaches, and, you know, try to, like, prepare ourselves for when we were, like, actually eligible for the Olympics. And that's, like, when my BMX dreams kind of got burst because... Mm -hmm. The Olympics were like the dream and like where, you know, like kind of the only future in reality. It was like a dream when I was, you know, one, once it became a thing, like that's where all of us at, our, at my age and a little bit above and below all wanted to be. But uh, those tracks were just, it was just too much for me. Like I, I did three camps, I think, and 
I left two of them like injured, one in a sling and one with like a bunch of stitches on my leg and stuff. And just like, I don't know, it was just too much. <laughs> like, I just, it was too gnarly. I couldn't handle it. Like, it was so much of it was out of your control, I think, is what made it so gnarly for me mentally. Like, you know, you're seven other guys next to you hitting, right. hitting 40 foot jumps, like on a 20 inch. Something's going to happen. Yeah. No suspension. Like, it was just too much. So, <clears throat> yeah, like, I, I left those camps obviously not healthy, um, injured, and I was just like, I got to find something else. And uh, Mitch Rapuato was like a super close friend of mine and still is, but uh, like we were super tight back then, like inseparable. We grew up racing BMX together, and he had already faded out of the BMX scene and was competing on mountain bikes um, at this point in time at the world level. He was racing downhill World Cups, and I was like, man, like, should probably try this mountain bike thing out like mitch looks like he's having a ball and like i didn't want to give up on two wheels by any means so um i did a few races here and there like while still racing bmx with mitch um and then like when i got burnt on bmx at 16 i just like fully changed gears like we bought like i was just riding mitch's downhill like handy down downhill bikes at that point and uh we got a local bike shop helped us out um, I got a specialized demo and like 2011 just like went full bore into the like racing juniors. And so you were what about 17, 17, race maybe? age 17. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just kind of like during the off season, I just made the switch. I was like, I just, I got to change, change gears. I want to keep riding bikes. And like, I, I started riding a ton, especially like when the snow finally melted off back home. Um, in the early spring and, uh, then like went to sea otter and like, just, I, I started falling in love with the whole scene cause BMX is so serious. Um, did you do the dual slalom that year out there? Yeah. Yeah. I did slalom. I don't think I did super hot in slalom. Honestly, I think I kind of got my butt handed to me. I was juniors with, uh, like Austin Warren and a bunch of real fast SoCal kids and they had done sea otter for years. So like they had the track on lock and I think they just, yeah, flat out outrode me and I kind of got my butt handed to me, but it motivated me and I actually won the downhill in juniors that year. Um, and then specialized, I was on a spec and they like kind of recognized me and they started helping me out a little bit. So that was sweet. And yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's kind of where the whole, my whole career got ignited. Like I just fell in love with the whole race scene and like just riding, riding two wheels. And I thought it, I was a super lazy kid. So I thought it was sick to sit on a lift and then just like pin, <laughs> pin it as hard as I could for like three minutes down and then do it again. You still have to be fit though. Yeah. It's... I mean, I didn't train though. There, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> There's no way I was like, this is rad. I was like, go to school, just like hang out, sleep all day. Mitch would call me, would go ride. And then I just like go back and eat food and sleep. We, we should mention at this point, you're from Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah. Salt yeah. Lake area. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mitch is from that area as well. So that's why we grew up riding together a bunch. <clears throat> um, met each other through BMX and then I followed him into mountain bikes. But yeah. So uh, yeah. And I raced downhill. And um, I guess the enduro, enduro thing sparked for me when 2013, my first year elite downhill. Um, I separated my shoulder early in the season and, um, I was a super skinny kid. I think I weighed like 120 pounds, whatever that is in kilo, I like 50, 48, 50 kilo. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. It's so, pretty light. Um, yeah. I, I was, 
tiny. Like I didn't weigh anything. So I didn't have any strength and with the bad shoulder, like I did a pretty bad separation on it. Um, I couldn't throw around my downhill bike anymore and Spesh had given me a trail bike that year, but I'd never really ridden them other than like, in like a line races or something like that's kind of the only time I touched a trail bike. Cause I just love sitting on the lift and pinning it down the hill. Cause it's the laziest thing to do. And I couldn't throw it around. So I started riding the trail bike. Um, I couldn't throw it around my downhill bike. Sorry. It was too heavy for me. So I started throwing around the trail bike and then I kind of just fell in love with like being out in the mountains and like riding trail bikes. Um, I was out in the mountains a lot as a kid, like fishing and doing things with my, with my family. And like, I was like, oh man, this is kind of like taking me back to like my roots. It felt like, and I was like, this is sick. Like just getting out in the middle of nowhere and, you know, riding bikes and smiling and having fun with a few buddies or by yourself or whatever. Um, and I just totally fell in love with just riding trail and like kind of started like getting into like taking care of the body a little bit more, not eating so much McDonald's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like not sitting on so many lifts and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is like pretty sweet. And yeah, I don't know. Just from there, like I, I contacted Specialize at the end of the season. And I was like, hey, boys, can I, uh, you know, switch to this Enduro thing? Because it just had launched in the U.S. basically. Like the Oregon, we had one series, I think. Was the start of the year. Yeah, but in the U.S., like we, I think, 13 might have been our first year with a series, which was the Oregon Enduro series. Um, and I think before that, they ran like the Oregon Super D series, which was kind of Enduro, but. Right. So Super D was that precursor to yeah. Enduro. One, one stage. Yeah. Cross country style downhill, yeah, pitting yeah. the downhillers against the cross country guys. Yeah, exactly. That was the US version of what Enduro was at the time. Yeah, for and sure. And then, you know, the Europeans. Uh, sort of evolved the sport further, particularly the Frenchies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming up with the, what we now know as the Enduro format. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, I think at that time, like Enrico's races were getting huge. Like super, super Enduros. Enduros. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, that was like whenever those were getting huge was like 2011, 2012, 2013, it yeah. seems. It's like they started popping up and we started seeing them. And um, I became super close with Curtis Keene with my days at Specialized and he actually was swapping over to the enduro thing in 13 and that's like the same time i was falling in love with just riding my trail bike and just being out in the mountains and not you know stuck at ski resorts and stuff um and i was like curtis was telling me how much fun it was like he was going and doing all these organ enduros and i was like man this looks pretty sick so i just made the call i was like all right let's go enduro like i hadn't ridden a downhill bike almost all year like i came back separated my shoulder again at my first downhill race in that season and then I couldn't throw around the downhill bike again. Like I was just, yeah, no strength. So fell in love with the trail bike and like Specialized was 100% behind it. So 2014 was my first year, um, yeah, doing the Enduro thing. And then, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Just been in love with it ever since, man. Like we ride our bikes so much, like sometimes too much, but um, <laughs> I'd rather ride my bike too much than too little. That's for sure. Um, yeah, and I had a I had a bit of epiphany. The f I did Junior Worlds in 2012 in downhill racing, and that was like, yeah, a light bulb went off in my head in that one because I spent so much money like running up, like my parents helping me, and you know putting money on credit card and stuff like just to go race World Champs. And where Lea was Gang. that at? Lea Gang, Austria, yeah. Um, and I just like I got smoked, but I like wasn't 
I wasn't really loving it over there, to be honest. Like the track was pretty sick and I was like surrounded by good people, but I had spent so much money, done my first overseas flight to like sit on the plane forever. And well, what felt like forever to me now, or then now it's like going to Europe's mellow. It's like the big ones are going to Asia and going to New Zealand and stuff. But um, yeah, anyway, like I had spent all this money, all this time, all this effort. And like I got there and I think I did like, eight laps on the track or something plus my race run i was just like that was one of the dumbest things i have ever done <laughs> like i i don't know like i think i was just a little bit young and like ignorant and well, but it probably was a good experience for you and help you shape your direction for the future where yeah, you yeah. Want to go. yeah like i just like i didn't even feel like i went there and rode bikes like i felt like i just kind of went there and like hung out in a rad area but like I don't know. I went there to ride bikes and I don't feel like that's what was accomplished. Um, and that's like that. And then followed by the injuries, I was just like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta find something else. And that's when Enduro was blown up and that's where we went. And have you been back to Leo Gong since then? Have you ridden there? I haven't. No. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's real good. Actually, I liked the track when I went, honestly, it was more of a bike park track then. Right. And like I was saying prior, like the flow stuff fits me really well. Right. Um, but that was my first ever mud race in my life was at world champs. And it, it was funny because by the time we came around to racing, like everyone had done mud races before and they were like, oh, the track's dry. Like it's mean. And I was still riding spikes because I couldn't keep my bike in a straight line anywhere. <laughs> like I was so shit in the mud. Um, it was pretty funny, but yeah, I don't know. It was like, uh, the track was pretty sick. Like I didn't mind that. It was just. The, you know, the time slot practice is like, it was just no time on your bike. Um, so yeah, I just kind of, I don't know, just light bulb got burnt out on it. And so that was it for downhill racing. And then it was just all enduro and yeah. Yeah. Doing I mean, trail riding. Yeah. And then like, you know, I love, I love gated racing still. Like obviously like I had a big passion for, for BMX, um, even though it kind of got burnt out, but that was just because. I felt like my dream sizzled away, you know, um, like I didn't feel like I had a future in, in BMX um, just because the Olympic thing wasn't really for me. Like tracks weren't for me. I was too small and too much stuff was out of my control. So anyway, the gated racing, like still still rad for me and I love it. So like whenever I can race slalom or something, I'm always pumped to do that. Um, and I love doing like A-line races and stuff too. Like I, I find it pretty fun to try to push push myself or you know I, yeah i guess just push myself to the highest level i can on like a jump track um but i grew up only hitting jumps because i like rode dirt jumps road skate parks and road bmx tracks so um yeah i don't know love love doing some gated racing and some a-line racing but other than that like it's all it's all just enduro focus for me and like try to do as much as i can on the media side of things too which is you know like a big part of an athlete's career in this. Well, I think that you, that's where it makes you a little bit unique to it compared to a lot of other athletes is that you do have a very big media presence through your working with Giro and some of your other partners and creating films and you know, your writing style is obviously very attractive on the camera and people love to watch that. So yeah, thanks. No. Yeah. And it's honestly, I feel like, I hope people see it. Like I see it when I when I watch videos of other athletes and stuff, but like 
I actually like doing that stuff and like I have a passion for it. And I, you know, obviously, or not obviously, but I hope when people watch it, like they can see that that's like part of it. And I feel like maybe that's why people think like I have a lot of style and stuff. It's just because that's like, I'm passionate about it. So I'm putting a lot of effort into it. Like, you know, I've seen like a lot of videos out there where I feel like I can watch it and tell that it's like half-assed and the guy doesn't want to be there guy or girl, whatever it is, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like it's something that I'm passionate about and like, it's not like for me, it's not like a chore, which I think it is for a lot of people, but, right. um, yeah, well, I think no. it does. I think it actually does come through quite well in, in the videos. I, I mean, well, like you said, I don't think that you can do the things that you do if you didn't love it. It's you're playing, you look like you're having a great time on the bike. It's very playful. Everything's going well. Um, so yeah, it definitely comes through. What, what writers do you enjoy, um, watching what other writers? Uh, I mean, I feel like the steeziest dude on the planet is Brennan Seminek, hands down. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like obviously he's got a big bag of tricks too, but just the way he can make stuff, you know, flow and link together is second to none. And, um, I've taken like a, a, a lot of my style came, or the style that I try to portray came from, uh, like my BMX days, and I idolized the dude named uh, Mikey Aiken. He was like a a dirt jumper guy from Salt Lake. Um, he unfortunately had like this mega crash years back and had like a gnarly brain injury, and he's all like he he's uh never came back to normal, but recovered higher than expected. Um, I don't know him on a personal basis, but you know, that's just what I heard through the grapevine and read about and so on and so forth. But, um, he was just the steeziest dude ever. Like he was a, a BMX dirt jump guy. Um, and he actually won the Salt Lake Dew tour in front of home crowd. And like, you know, me and Mitch were there like watching and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he was like, never had the biggest bag of tricks but always had the most insane style ever. Um, like guys were starting to do circus tricks back there and like triple tail whips and all that when he won. And like Mikey just kind of did like sick threes and turndowns, but it was just so much style. Like no one could deny it. It was like the steeziest dude you ever seen hit a dirt jump. Um, and, you know, between him and then I rode with Mitch all the time and Mitch just has like so much talent. Um, took a lot of influence from him uh like trying to mimic what mitch was doing and uh yeah when i when i was racing downhill i was like a big greg menard fan um so like greg was always so buttery so i just tried to like emulate that style yeah yeah as much as i could um but yeah i mean i wish i could ride like seminac that'd be sick <laughs> but uh our dog's got a lot of style too he's he's super sick to watch jeff kendall yeah. weed uh yeah i actually just did a video with kendall weed um on his youtube channel not too long ago um up in bellingham um we were doing a kind of a collab thing with pnw components it's both of com a common sponsor for both of us um but yeah i've always watched kendall weed stuff he's he's a little more into like kind of the trials realm than i am i'm not that like i think that stuff's rad and everything it's just not in my skill set um but yeah, like his, his videos are rad. Like they're awesome. He does some, some stuff that I, I can't do and never be able to do, um, which is sweet. Like, yeah, he's got, he's got a unique bag of tricks because he used to race like at a high level too in the U S like he was real quick. Um, 
but yeah, no, they, the dude's got talent for sure. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, Semenek takes the cake, I think. Nice. <laughs> well, you also just did a film with your father, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, my dad's always been a huge part of everything I've done, just like he's been my number one supporter, um, him and my mom. I've uh, been such a big supporter, but yeah, my dad's like one of my best riding buddies. Um, and Jiro, uh, so Jiro's snow office or part of it is located in Utah now, up in Park City. Um, and the dude that's kind of it, I, I shouldn't say he's managing the snow office. I'm not 100 sure, but he, you know, he's he's working in the Park City office. He used to live in Utah before. He moved to California and ended up with the Jiro job, and then they eventually moved back. But uh, we knew him from when he lived there prior, and I think it was kind of his idea. Like, he spun it to Jiro, and um, then my old man did that crazy rock roll that he did. Yes, I think that made its way around. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know what he was thinking. I was in New Zealand when he did that, and I was just... You were there? No. I thought you were there. No. I, it, it, it would have been a special moment for sure, but it would definitely wouldn't have been as quiet when he got done if I was there. We would have been freaking out, just like the bond that we have. We would have been going nuts. But uh, I knew he was going to do it because he's been wanting to do it for a handful of years now. Um, when I say a handful, I think Kyle Mears did it, and it kind of went viral on Facebook and Instagram like three years ago now. And um, yeah, my dad's been wanting to do it ever since. What's the, what's the name of that? Does it have a name, that rock? Or? No, I don't, I don't think it does. Is, it up, is that it's one in, up by the Slick Rocks, or where, where was that? Sh- yeah, it's in Moab. Yeah, yeah. obviously, but yeah. is, it, it's up, is it up on, what is that, Lion Head up there? Is that what Lion's it? Back? Lion's Back. I'm actually not even 100% sure yeah. where it's at. I, um, I watched it, and if you haven't seen it, go on Instagram, check it out. Your dad's 60, right? Yeah, he did it on the morning of his 60th birthday. I don't care if you're 60 or 20. <laughs> I would I would not I would not do that. There is no way. It's got like 10 to 15 feet of oververt. And so he, he unclipped at one point. Well, he, yeah, he I mean luckily he rides flats, but yeah, so basically he was told by Kyle Mears, the guy that, you know, we, we ever the first guy we ever knew that did it. He's like, "All right, there's two conditions that you cannot do it in." He's like, you can't do it in a crosswind and you can't do it when it's cold because when it's cold in Moab, like sub, sub freezing temps, like zero Celsius, 32 Fahrenheit, um, your tires are obviously not very compliant and the rock gets so slick when your tires not like when you're braking and the knobs not folding or whatever. Um, so my dad went down there and like <laughs> he left his bike out overnight because he was camping in a tent, just like left in the back of the truck, woke up and had frost on it. And he like just drives straight out to the rock <laughs> and there's a crosswind and he walks up there and apparently he wasn't really planning on doing it, but there was like, there was nobody around. So he just, he just dropped. He just sent who, it. Who filmed it? Uh, my cousin. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he did it in the two conditions he was told not to do it in. Um, and that's why his bike, that's why he like tapped his foot or, you know is basically it has like a little off camber bit to get to the line that he wanted to hit because he had never seen anyone hit it in per like in person so he's kind of he could watch videos and kind of make his lineup but you know like he doesn't know exactly where they went kind of thing and he hit this little off camber bit and he was breaking because it's already steep and the rear end just stepped right out on him and uh he yeah, saved that, it that's when he tapped his foot well yeah i mean at that point like yeah i think it's like close to 
150, 200 feet to his left. And I mean, like yeah. basically sheer death. And then the, to the right, it was like 100 feet into like a rock channel. Right. It's like a ravine. It's like a yeah. V. Yeah. You, you fall in there, they're going to have a hard time getting you out at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I would never do it. He's, he's nuts. But uh, yeah, once he did that, like Drew was like, you know, okay, like, let's do this. Like the old man can shred. So, you know, cause when you hear somebody 60 and it's like, oh, like, let's do a video of, you know, like a, whatever, 25 year old kid with his dad that's 60. You like, don't want to film somebody like going down the, I don't know, the river trail. Right. Like follow something tame. You, yeah. you want to make it cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, no, the old man actually rips. He's like, he's one of my he races, best. Did he, he used to race downhill, right? Yeah, he, he, uh, so he raced BMX with me the whole time. He's like super competitive. <laughs> he's like. When we started beating him as kids, it gutted him. It was pretty, like, uh, anyway, that's a whole other story. But um, super competitive. So, like, he couldn't just sit on the sidelines. It's, like, not his MO. So uh, when, we, when Mitch started racing downhill, like, my dad already rode mountain bikes. And he, he's the one that got Mitch on a mountain bike. And, like, I rode mountain bikes on and off growing up, too. Um, <clears throat> and then when I started racing, he was just, like, he was gung-ho. Because he was like, oh, I've been doing this. For a long time, I don't even know when he started riding mountain bikes, but it, it for sure is like 25 years ago at this point. Um, before I was born, I think like him and he used to kind of be a ski bum, and all of his skier buddies, they just rode mountain bikes together all summer when they couldn't ski. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. Like he he raced. Um, one, once I started racing, I guess where I was going, like he just jumped on the bandwagon. He's like, "Let's go, let's go racing." Um, that's that's so great yeah so uh didn't do like all the traveling with me but anything that was drivable like when i say that i mean within like probably 20 hours of home he was almost always there and he was like racing and like that's pretty funny because he you know he's there he's supporting me he's doing everything he can but like you know like he's also prioritizing himself like trying to win his race hey when you put a number on yeah 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 when he puts a number board on it's game on like he takes it serious it's pretty funny um but yeah he hasn't raced for a few years but he's gonna race uh national champs this year uh u.s nat champs because uh they're at like one of his favorite resorts in colorado winter park so, oh yeah that's that's a great venue yeah yeah he loves that place like he's gone out there a few summers recently just to go ride with some buddies and yeah he likes that place a lot so he's gonna race nat champs um we're kind I, love, of, I love riding in winter park there's have you you've ridden there obviously oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great place they got a good mix of natural trails flow trails whatever yeah it's such a such a fun sure. place to ride yeah no doubt I, I like it a lot too i'm i'm gonna spend a bit of time there this year so i'm pretty pumped right after uh the french the french round the fifth round of the ews i'm headed there um basically fly back to salt lake and just jump in the van and drive there awesome um there's like a bme there the the following weekend after the next EWS and then one weekend off and then Nat Champ. So I'm just gonna hang out and ride bikes in old winter park. But yeah, yeah. So he's gonna do that, which he's fired up. He's like we we've had a big winter, so he hasn't been able to like ride like our gnarly stuff on the downhill bike until probably like a week and a half ago, honestly, maybe two weeks ago now. It finally started opening up. So he's been he's got like he's got a V ten that he's got all dialed in with like envies on it and everything and um he just mulleted it out so he put a 29er on the front (laughs) (laughs) he's he's getting into it he's been doing testing like testing his small wheel on the front testing the big wheel 
So yeah, he's he's getting into it. We're trying to convince him to race World Masters this year too because it's at Saint Anne. Oh, and is that that's a, that must be like a week after? I think Worlds. it's a week before. Oh, okay. That's another place. I I, that, that's another place I, I raced that I loved going to. That was yeah. such a sick place. Yeah, yeah, so cool. But yeah, I don't I don't think he's gonna end up doing that. Maybe just like a little bit too much traveling for a sixty year old. That's. Well, yeah, for maybe most sixty-year-olds, but it sounds like your dad's doing all right. Yeah, I don't, he he's not big on planes and stuff though. He hasn't flown much in his lifetime at all. Pretty honestly. long haul if you drive it. Yeah, two big, day or that's a big job. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. So I don't know. We'll we'll see if he ends up doing that or not. But that'd be pretty sweet, especially if they. I think that he contacted somebody and like if they have three or more riders, um, they'll do a sixty-plus class. Um, but if not, then he has to race like 50 or 55 and up. <laughs> yeah. Got him. No problem. I, mean, I, I guarantee but, you none of those guys are doing what he's doing. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It'd be sweet if he went and raced World Masters, but I'd also be stoked to. How know. sick would that be if he won the stripes? Yeah. It'd be pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be sick for sure. Right on. But uh, yeah, no, the old man's a legend. Rides bikes. We ride bikes all the time when I'm home. He's like my number one riding buddy. No doubt. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah I've I I have uh, two kids and I love riding with them and I hope that we can cultivate that same sort of environment that you got to grow up in. It's definitely it's a special bond to be able to share that with uh, you know friends obviously, but family members even more so. Yeah. To yeah. you know my my eleven year old son, he's my riding buddy. So yeah. it's yeah. good. That's it's sick. Good. So uh, when did exactly did you hook up with Envy? So that relationship um, aspired from Mitch, basically, or he, he kind of made it happen for me, thankfully. Uh, it was back when it was Edge, actually. Um, wow, Mitch was going riding. way back. Yeah, yeah. Mitch was riding for Shears. And yeah, yeah. It's the first year I committed to racing downhill. I was on Edge Wheels. That was 2011. 2011, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, they were getting me wheels and... Um, I think I was just riding like the riser down the riser edge bar is all that was a thing back then um but yeah it's been I rode for I, I've only not ridden envies for two years of my entire mountain bike career um and it was the two years that I spent on Yeti um and yeah I mean that was the only reason why I didn't ride them at that point in time is because uh like whatever I just signed with the team so right no there was option. a different sponsorship obligation yeah we were yeah. on DT but um yeah, no, I've been on Envy's the whole time, um, all through the downhill days and through the early enduro days and now back on them um, on an alchemy. So, yeah, I've been a long time, man, for sure. Seeing it go from shit, man, the, when I, the first time I went and visited them and like Jason Cheers gave me a set of handlebars, I was like, I, th I think I want to say they had like less than 10 employees at that point. In time. No kidding. And then I remember when they broke 50, I was like, whoa. And the building was like five times the size of what it was, you know? And like now the, now the building that they have is enormous. And I don't even know how many people are there, but it's got to be a lot. It's close to 200. Yeah. We're, we're close to 200 employees now. Yeah. Largely, so. largely production, but there's also a sizable, you know, support team there as well. Yeah. And yeah. Marketing, sales, operations. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. When I... <laughs> When I got funny story, when I got my first set of wheels, they were all built up, laced up, whatever. And uh, the, Jason was walking me around, showing me things. 
and they were concrete floors and just kind of like this, you know, like a little bit older warehouse and not like finished and like tiled up or anything. It was just like concrete, just bare concrete, not even painted. And <laughs> Jason was showing it, like giving us a tour and he's bouncing my will off. He just like started getting bored. He starts bouncing my will off the concrete, just dung, dung, off the concrete. Dung. And he's like, he's like playing with my will like it's basketball. Right. And like I'm sitting there and they're like, you know, at the point in time, like no one else was doing carbon wheels, really. And like, you know, they were kind of like a unicorn. It was just like carbon wheels that work on a mount, like on a downhill bike or, you know, at the time it was just all mountain wheels. But regardless, it was like carbon wheels that work on a, any kind of mountain bike. And, you know, it was just like they were unheard of and super, you know, expensive, obviously, being the first one in the market. And it was just like. I couldn't believe it. Like it was melting my mind. I couldn't even, I, I don't even know any of the things he told me in the tour. Like I couldn't tell you. You're so focused on the wheel bouncing off the yeah, concrete yeah, the whole time. You're exactly. like, you're just throwing my wheels. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like my, my one set for the whole year right there. And you're just bouncing on a concrete floor. Well, I obviously they, mind boggled. they, they lasted. They oh yeah. He didn't, he didn't break up. I eventually asked him like, cause my dad was there with me and so was Mitch. But, uh, <laughs> I asked him, I was like, dude, like, he just bounced my wheel off the floor because he did it so many times. It wasn't just like once or twice. It was a lot. And he's like, oh, yeah, like I do this all the time. He's like, these things are fine. And then he bounced it harder. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> shouldn't have asked. That was bad news. But uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. Like first set of wheels I ever got was like one of the most stressful points ever. <laughs> like especially getting a tour around, you know, a factory like never been more stressed out just watching carbon like you know plastic bounce off the ground like just dong dong right sure well we um not, we definitely don't want to uh diss on dt um or anything like that but did you notice any difference going from uh the carbon wheels that you were on envy going to an aluminum wheel and then coming back to carbon yeah i mean i think like the biggest thing that I noticed is uh, like the lateral stiffness. So like cornering stiffness, um, especially on like gated racing is it, yeah, it's, it's just not, not the same by any means. Like the carbon wheel is like the only thing I knew in mountain bikes really. Um, so like hitting slalom turns or hitting berm turns in a downhill race or an enduro race, whatever it was, it's like all I knew. Um, and that's probably one of my favorite features, honestly, about Envy rims is like the way you can lay into a corner and all the efficiency is coming with you. Like none of it is left behind. So, um, yeah, that was that wasn't the same. Um, and yeah, uh, I would say like, you know, like the compliance has gotten a lot better over the years. Like it's been one of the big focuses. With the new M series, the new M7. Oh, well, even are you we are you riding the M730s? Or? Yeah, yeah, M730s. But even when you know we did the first uh, M60s is what I, I raced on the first year in Enduro, and like that wheel from the old AM slash DH to, to like the to the M60 was a massive improvement in that category and. Yeah, like that that's been awesome for sure. It's been a huge plus to get like compliance. But yeah, the new the new M series with the strippers or or what what's the technical term for them? <laughs> Protective rims. <laughs> Rim yeah. so strippers is, that, that was that was an internal uh, sort of temporary um nomenclature that we use to describe it. We yeah. we have a we always like to make funny names for our products as we're developing them. But yes, the protective rim strip. Yeah, yeah. 
so that thing that thing's sweet man it's been awesome for sure for flat protection and i think which is important for enduro racing get you get you through all the stages have have confidence in the product that you're racing it's going to get you through the whole weekend because you guys can't change wheels or do anything it's you 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 basically race all weekend on the same equipment yeah we can change a tire but yeah obviously if you flat especially the top of like it say anything above a two minute track you're basically throw your race away so yeah it's awesome having that because it helps prevent the old flats knock on wood um just yeah. that i don't hopefully i don't flat this weekend now but uh yeah so it's uh the new wheels are awesome and yeah it's uh the lateral stiffness is my favorite thing i think for sure nice, nice. <clears throat> um how involved are you in uh product development with your your partners um with alchemy uh quite a bit honestly um and uh yeah i guess with not i haven't been so much this go around with envy because uh you guys had already launched the or when i came back on on an alchemy had just launched the new m series um but i actually tested the first original protective rim strip right at the end of 2015 uh yeah, like early fall 2015. Yeah, that's um, when we were first developing it with the Syndicate guys, I believe. Yeah, yeah, um, So I, I knew, and, and like, I haven't actually seen him. Well, maybe I did once or twice, but um, me and Eli became pretty good buddies, and I did a couple of test days with, like, him and Ike yep. uh, on those. And Eli, Eli's our, um, uh, one of our top engineers was leading the, the M-Series project, unfortunately just lost him he's oh really yeah he he's gonna go build trails so if you want to uh i forget the exact name but uh i'll i'll figure that out again but yeah he's he's on some he has a bike park now Um, dang that's a bummer yeah we're gonna miss him but uh wish him the best of luck but we got some place we can go ride and eli loves to shred so yeah yeah. i'm sure it's gonna be epic yeah i've heard he's he's good at trail building the the trails that he has built too so haven't actually personally ever ridden them but yeah good for him that's cool but uh yeah so i was a little bit involved back then for sure um we were testing like mega fat rims because that's when those were becoming like kind of a hit thing um which i'm not a fan of at all personally what what's your tire setup uh what what um, like what size what tire what tire size two five front back right now yeah are you you running maxis or yeah yeah maxis I've got a ass guy on the front and then a, I actually don't like a ton of meat on the rear tire. Just I like to play on the bike a bit. And I feel like when I get too much, too aggressive of a tire, I can't do that. But I ride aggressors on the back almost everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, double down case in front and back and yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the fat rims at all. Um, the, the M730 is pretty, like pretty much almost the ideal point, I think. Um, but I would, wouldn't want to go any fatter by any means any wider i should say i keep saying fat but the id i wouldn't want it to be any bigger than internal internal width um but yeah so we we tested that and did like a whole bunch of things um and yeah i get with everyone else like i haven't been i've been involved on and off over the years but yeah with like the current the current lineup like it's kind of funny, like everyone kind of launched a new product, like right as our partnership started. So there hasn't been a ton of that 
Well, the second development wave is probably not too far off in the future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Stuff's always evolving, no doubt. No doubt. So, so for young people, you know, uh, that look up to you and want to emulate your style and, you know, want to get into writing, what are some tips that you would give them to start off? BMX racing? Oh, I mean, I think, I think BMX is solid background for um, anybody that wants to be any kind of cycling, honestly. Like, I feel like it's almost like applicable to moto and everything because it's, it's so much bike skill. Like, you got to be on target at all times on those little mm. weapons or you're, you're hitting the ground. So bike skill like BMX is, is like hard to beat, but obviously there's a lot of guys that are having outstanding careers right now that may have never even touched a BMX track. Um, moto obviously seems like a sick background. I never rode moto much at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess just like Grom's trying to ride bikes. They just like need to do it for, you know, if they can for the right reasons, just cause they're passionate about it. And like, it's what they love to do with their Keep buddies. They're, yeah. Yeah. Like can't, can't take it too seriously at a young age. I don't feel like, like I saw so many kids growing up that got burnt out that were way more serious in BMX than I was at a young age. Like they were training, they were doing all the things and like got burnt out. And some people make it when they're doing that too. You know, it's, you just got to figure out what, what you enjoy and, right. you know, kind of stick with that. And I don't know, like, Bikes are awesome, you know, like they can eventually. It's a great, great vehicle. Yeah. It's uh, a good way. I mean, we ride our kids back and forth to school every day, make it yeah. fun, stop off at the pump track, do laps. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, some people's like passions are different, you know, like not racing's not for everybody, like whatever freestyle is not for everybody, or slope style, I should say, is not for everybody. Um, you know, whatever, like some people might just be passionate about like competing in rampage like you just gotta whatever it is you just gotta yeah you just gotta chase it that's the great thing about the sport it's you know uh back in the the old days there was just a few disciplines and that's what you had to choose from and you know i think with you know enduro i personally feel has really driven the market to where we have some incredible trail bikes and enduro bikes and like you said if you're not into racing there's still amazing bikes to ride, and especially when you're in places like we are here in Valdefasa or somewhere in Colorado or California, and yeah. just go out and shred and have an adventure and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. The bikes are incredible these days. I feel like whatever, a 150 mil trail bike in this day and age is almost more capable yeah. of a downhill bike than Yeah, that. we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Some of these short travel XC bikes are even more capable than some of those uh bikes from like five years ago that you guys were racing in enduro yeah yeah i couldn't imagine what the new downhill bikes are capable of i want to get get on one at some point in time in the future but i haven't even ridden a 650b downhill bike that's how long ago i'd fade well they're not even doing that anymore kelly they've moved on they're they're doing 29ers now better things man bigger (laughs) better things but uh yeah bikes are bikes are awesome man just uh ride them and have fun and smile and uh, bikes will probably make you smile. You don't have to force that upon yourself, but yeah, yeah. Just hang out, have good times. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you're looking at potentially having a base or, you know, van life in Europe. Um, what does the future hold? What else does the future hold for Cody Kelly? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, contract year for me. So always, you never really know what the future is going to hold, but been talking to Alchemy um, about carrying on our partnership. And, you know, I don't know <clears throat> if that's going to be necessarily like an EWS focused thing. I'm enjoying what I'm doing currently and, you know, getting to see the world on two, two wheels, which is super rad. Um, something I always dreamed about doing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, definitely going to continue racing, whatever it is, um, or, you know, wherever I end up or, you know, whoever's a part of the program, whatever, whatever it may be, continue racing and keep trying to do uh, media projects, something I want to do more of actually. Um, I've got two more, two more planned out for this year. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm always stoked to do that. Like, you know, whatever, even if it's a media project, that's only like a minute and a half or a minute of like shredding, shred it, whatever. Um, that's something I'm pretty passionate about and want to keep doing and do more of in the future. So that's going to be a bit of a focus for me, no doubt. And <clears throat> yeah, just keep riding bikes, trying to, trying to progress in the race scene. Um, last year was a big struggle for me, injuries and, uh, had a terrible off season of training with injuries and illnesses. And, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of trying to come out of like a bit of a valley I was in with as far as race results go, but still trying to enjoy it as much as possible. But, uh, yeah, try to get those race results back up. I had a decent, decent first round this year. And then I kind of like had some whatever, like unfortunate or not unfortunate. I kind of brought them upon myself, but just like physical problems and everything um, at the, at the third round that I'm trying to come back from now. So, uh, yeah, just try to keep progressing my race results. Like I always want to do better and not necessarily happy with where I've been as of late. So try to try to do that. And yeah, hopefully next year, just keep, keep climbing. And I don't know, maybe one day be battling for, you know, better results than I'm currently getting. So, well, I think that's a great place to end this. I really yeah. appreciate your time. Um, and uh, we all wish you the best of luck this weekend and throughout the rest of the season and look forward to seeing all these projects you got going on. I'm sure they're going to be killer. And yeah, we'll see you out there. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, right. guys. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, everyone. And uh, yeah, tune in to, to the EWS uh, website to watch live timing and check out the race. And we'll see you guys soon. Bye bye.